Queer Theory is a podcast challenging anti-blackness through discussions of global, local, and popular culture from the perspective of Afro-Canadians who live different versions of ourselves to navigate everyday life. The podcast is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbeans, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Yeah, you know this your boy Pipe. Yeah, and your boy Sadis. And you're listening to the Black Multiverse Theory Podcast. I mean, I live it till the podcast done. Can't be feeling a feeling. Sometimes, sometimes. Well, we don't done with that. Wow. Bam. Um, <clears throat> so back to Dear White People. Um, when I when I watched it, I was like, "Wow, that's that's like my friends." Because when I went to Florida, the majority of people, ninety percent of the people that went to our my school at the time were black, and I just saw black people like walking everywhere, and it was just like the most amazing first time college experience. And then going further and further and further to university and whatever, it was it was equally as awesome struck and so when i would come back on vacation i was just like wow i'd come back to back home from vacation from school and you know i'd be i'd be driving down i'd be like culture shock wow i didn't realize how many white people live live here because you're here and and you're growing up here you don't realize that and you realize okay there are people here but then you realize that in other places, the majority of people, it was a culture shock from it, were mm. black. Yeah. And then my neighborhood was black. And then my neighborhood was not just black, but mainly Caribbean. Most of the people there were from some island mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And then now it's a It's changed. different. It, it smells different. It oh, sounds different. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But um, let me ask you a very real question. As a person of color, well, as a black person growing up here in Alberta, and then going to Florida and being around black people in Florida, how much like white supremacy detoxing did you have to do? Um, and that and that's the funniest thing because when you go to Florida, you don't. Or when when I went to the states, I, I didn't think I needed a white a white supremacy detox. I thought I was normal. Everybody else was weird, and <laughs> and then. Um, Everything was a shock, you know. Morning, Auntie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when people when people um would would come at me and say stuff, I'd be like, "Wow, shock! That's a shock." And then when people would speak certain way, and you know, American, um, African American vernacular English, and mm-hmm. and they would come in and they would say stuff, I I would judge them as being uneducated, dumb. yo, dumb. <laughs> yep, yeah. not, not just uneducated, just dumb. Yeah. And, and then I was like, oh, look at the, these Americans are this and these mm. Americans are that, blah, blah, blah. Americans is a trick word Canadians use. Mm. And then what would happen is, you know, you go to school and, um, you know, I was getting top marks because what I was studying at a college level was equal to what I had we just were doing studied in high, school. in high school. Yeah. So I'm like, Bleh. but then I was never, th- then it would hit me that I was never like, the top of the class i'd be like maybe third fourth down here there oh oh, 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 oh. 
Right? So I'm taking stuff that I took. In high school, but you're still not. I'm still not. The top. The top. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm I'm judging too much. And then there was quite a few friends that I got that kind of opened up my eyes and were like, yo, you, you got to stop judging people based off of their perception of the book or, or yeah. whatever, you know, the front cover of the book. Right? So... You got to literally figure out that there's different people, different families, different backgrounds, different cultures, and it doesn't, uh, it's not a clear reflection of their intelligence. Right. And so my mind started to change and, mm. and I had a very strong church upbringing, very, very strong church upbringing. So I judged a lot of people based off of, I don't know why it's not scrolling. Mm, Something's happened. Mm. Anyways. So my, my mindset was, was quite different um, going in. Mm -hmm. And church had lots of um, um, rules that they had. No earrings, no jewelry, no pants, no makeup, no lots of stuff for, for girls, for guys. You know, some churches had no short pants, no short shirts, you know, different things. Dress right? code. Yeah. No, but in everyday life. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> So, dress code still. Dress code still. <laughs> but day to day. But, but day to day, like when, gotcha. you're, when you're going. And then it wasn't until I went to a conference and it was an amazing conference and it was great and the word was great and everybody there had pants and and jewelry and makeup and <laughs> they all were uh, the opposite. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'm judging and then it wasn't until I went, my band went to perform, uh, I had a gospel band called God Word. And that band went to perform at a university, and someone went up to rap during the during the praise and worship session. I like it. And they rapped, and people were like slaying out. They were like, "Wow, you know, the word went." And we did this whole worship set, and people were just like, mm, "I was okay singing. It was good. It was, it was all right." <laughs> we were clapping and sitting down but when this girl came I up and she started to spit her two lines and her verse and she was just going people were like running down to the altar and trying to get prayed for and also and then it snapped and it was just like oh it's not it's it's me <laughs> it's my personal perception of the world that yeah. needs to change and so that's why i'm the person i am today but yeah, I didn't. I didn't have to do anything when I realized that white people were influencing everything. It was when I was in school, and I realized that a lot of the black people at school were being restricted in the amount of information they needed to succeed. Oh, yeah. And so, when the school, when you needed to get to a job, and you wanted to get to the next portion or or people were running out of money in school so mm -hmm. a lot of people were running out of money for the next semester but there's a whole grant program there's a whole financial aid program there's mm -hmm. a whole program set in place by the government that gives these students the ability to move as long as you're a resident as long as you're this and they had one for every category if you're a single mom they had one for you if you were this they have one for you right and so you just had to know and apply and they would go to the council and the council would be like i'm sorry there's nothing you can do you're gonna have to leave school and that was not the truth. They were already almost finished, some of them, and they, they could wow. have just applied for this grant or applied for this bursary or applied for this scholarship or applied for this financial aid, and they would get it. Yeah, it's an information issue. Oh, well, and isn't it's, it always? And it's purposely restricted. Like, right. they're purposely restricting the information from the people. Can we, um, do you mind if we mix this up with the scroll? 
because I want to talk about how the mayor, I believe it was, of L.A., well, in L.A., the authorities broadcasted in English that the curfew was at 5 o'clock and in Spanish that the curfew was at 6 o'clock. Just to, like, get these people into a place where a whole bunch of people were, like, getting arrested and detained. In New York, police were driving taxi cabs. So people would jump in a taxi cab to go home and then police would detain them and take them downtown. Wow. Um, In New York as well, people who were just, like, getting off their jobs. Because New York's not a place that shuts down at a time, right? It's, like, a 24-hour spot. So a city that never sleeps, isn't it? Essential workers, quote unquote, are making their way home and getting arrested for breaking curfew. So, um, yeah, it's that that the thing that made me think about that was that informational piece, how one set of information can go out in English and then a completely different set can go out Mm -hmm. um, to the other set of residents in the place. And actually, I mean. We're not talking about Spanish, but there's been a particular amount of times where sign posts have said one thing in English and another th- a complete different thing in Spanish for, for folks. But. Uh, and my auntie says it right in the comments here. She says that knowledge is power and they know that knowledge is power. By keeping that knowledge away from people, you're able to restrict them to a certain level of intelligence, a certain level of information that they can get. In, in Florida, when I was there, that's when... Uh, George Bush Jr. was in Mm -hmm. and he was rating each high school with a grade Mm -hmm. from A to F. I remember this. And he was going through and there were so many high schools that were failing, like failing, 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 failing. And we didn't understand, like nobody understood why. If you're teaching us curriculum and this is the way things are, why are people failing? And then it's really just a lack of information and proper teaching Mm -hmm. and the way how it is. Yeah, and then also there's like, one of the things you just said earlier with AAVE or African-American Vernacular English, like a lot of times folks are really growing up speaking a different language than mm-hmm. what would be standard, quote unquote, standard English. So standard English is like, well, when we say you talk like white people, that is what is standard English, right? And it is modeled after European Americans or Caucasian, like you know, like the white population is what that standard is modeled after. Yeah. So a lot of times, folks go to university, and the reference points in college are white reference, white culture reference points. So people are like, "What? Huh?" When I was in Florida, I wasn't in Florida. Sorry, North Carolina. I said, "Can't you jerry rig this?" They said, "What?" They were like, "Can't you jerry rig?" I said, "Can't you jerry rig it?" And um, my friend's mom is like, who's Jerry? (laughs) Right? And my friend's brother was like, I don't know, but he ain't no nigga. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like like a completely different reference point. And that happens, you know, culturally because even... The, there's like biases that are in in testing and exams that are, have these reference points that are like mm-hmm. things that people don't encounter in their regular everyday lives. Right. Right. And it makes makes things unfair. Which but, uh-huh. Sorry. This last week was a big week and I definitely want you to shout out. <laughs> Is that where we're going? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, go. Good, good. Let's do it. No, you go ahead. Why? Well, you did a lot of stuff. So. Let's give a shout out to all the things that you did this week. You had a bunch of interviews. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We we are on the same page. It's just that I wasn't focusing on me at all. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I mean, just it's recap, right? So for for those of you who don't know about Nilo and I, first of all, I am. We do this podcast. We do the Black Multiverse Theory podcast. Mm-hmm. Those of you who are watching, we are in season two. Um, so we've been doing it for a year and making light of issues that are happening. Every single time. We've made light of almost every person that has, every black person that has been killed unjustly. Um, anybody from, I think we did quite a few episodes of the trans community that was being murdered. murdered. We, we did. I'm sure we didn't do everyone, but I think, did I think in every episode, we, we did one. We did one. Yeah, for sure. And, and we're trying to make a light and let right. people know what's happening. Um, I'm also the PR representative, uh, PR meeting public relations uh, representative and coordinator for the National Black Coalition of Canada, Edmonton. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things that I discuss um, when I'm not here or around, I get called to to make sure that there is a black influence in a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. when the Royal Alberta Museum opened up after they did a major renovation and moved, um, they wanted to put black people on their website from from Edmonton and have black models. And I provided that. Um, so I, I made sure that I got that. And plus, we've been opening up different things. Also, Nilo here um, is part of Aphrodisiac Natural Hair Shop, where she not only does hair, but she teaches about how your hair is and what you're supposed to do and what are the good the bad and the ugly of 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 things that happen she's changed my uh vocabulary when it comes to locks instead of calling them dreadlocks because the history behind dread and locks is it's just locked hair mm-hmm. right so different things she's also one of the founding members of melanistic magazine which melanistic we started um, we there's four of us as founders: Robert Tinsdale, Greg Davis, and we go around the city and we put a spotlight on positive black influences throughout the city. And we also put in aspect of some of the things that you need to know as a black person in a city that is dominated by a lot of white people that mm-hmm. are here and media and dominated media. by yeah. especially white media. So we are mm-hmm. a black independent media source, right? And so. Um, this week, um, did I miss anything? We also have we also have bliss, bad things, but you'll see. <laughs> we, we also have bliss band. We also have bliss band. We we've also done this year the we lit um, uh, book fair. Book fair. Mm-hmm, the Afro, uh, and it was an Afro authors spotlight and and an indie spotlight. It was amazing. Um, so as we travel along and as we do different things we're trying to put in events and make sure events this year we did kid zone and carry west um so not only was there soca there but there was education uh there we were supposed to do black kites in the sky there which educated children on caribbean kites kites, and how to make black kites from all over the caribbean and all over the world um we're trying to get some some 
different from different continents and stuff like that, mm -hmm. like Africa and different places, they make kites differently. Even in Asia, they make kites differently. So we would kind of want to spotlight and go through the aerodynamics be behind kites. Mm -hmm. So, and we've we've been working on many many projects. We pretty much do a lot of stuff. We do a lot, uh, and uh, this week it it bursts into an overflow because our stuff is in there and people are seeing that mm -hmm. the things that we do. And this week, with um, last week with the George Floyd, um, the death of George Floyd, and the media circus around everything that's going on, and the black people that have stood up for black rights, it became evident that the National Black Coalition of Canada needed to get involved. And I started getting lots of calls on behalf of Melanistic and the National Black Coalition of Canada. Mm -hmm. So I did quite a few interviews, a couple with Global, one with CTV, one with 630Ched, and one with a, a, a pack, uh, uh, Noreen. Um, who who has her new podcast uh, coming out. And, and there's a couple more that are still looking to get some statements. And uh, I also went to a rally this week with... Um, the rally. There's two rallies this week, right? One on Monday. Uh, a rally this week. Not the Was rally. the digital one last week? The digital one was on Monday. Oh, two this week. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so I went to a rally this week, Monday, and that rally was the Be the Change rally. That was a digital rally. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be out there, but they expected about three thousand people to show up. So, because of that, uh, I don't know why the change was made. Mm -hmm. It could have been fear of arrest or COVID, or, I think, or even COVID, mm -hmm. um, which is still rampant in the streets. Still we still happening. have to social distance. We still, still got to protect thing. ourselves. We still got to make sure everything is good. Yeah. Uh, we went to um there were a lot of people out still at um city hall so shout out to all y'all who were like we're gonna go anyway yeah a lot of people went to city hall there was megaphone there mm -hmm. they did a small um protest which was good a small rally yeah which was good it wasn't too bad it had about 100 people there it looked like yeah, the it was great. Still, yeah, they they did a lot of like conversational buildings, and and they did that, and they opened up people's mindset there. Mm -hmm. The digital one had a lot of people, our our brothers and sisters from the um, um, indigenous Indigenous community mm -hmm. and First Nations, and we spoke about um, that. They went up on stage. There was a folding of the Confederate flag and putting that flag to rest there there was a couple speakers single mom yeah um sterling scott was out sterling there scott, tanya, Shout out to sterling. tanya who is an avid listener and watcher mm -hmm. she she came out and did a wonderful excellent speech. really great like so moving very very moving and once again sterling oh man his speech was was very great powerful. i liked it it was powerful and that was great that happened on monday i'm gonna challenge sterling on his podcast one little part of what he said, but I'm gonna challenge him. I'm gonna wait till the part. I'm on his podcast. You gonna wait till? Uh, okay, you gonna wait till next week and then challenge him. Okay, face to face. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's black on black crime. My I wednesday. don't know. What time is that? What? Um, it's on. We're this like coming. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I think we're shooting at some point. In the early afternoon, it's like two o'clock. Mm -hmm. The other things in the evening, right? Yeah, 
Good night to my children who are going to bed right now. Nyla, Nayana, Nashawn, and Nariah. Good night. Good night. Good Little ones. Good night. My two family. All right. So, did you see the post I put up? Which was the post I put up yesterday was like they're over there protesting in Britain like broke laws ba <laughs> You know what? I can't get on board with you on this. I can't I can't get on board with you. I put it up a couple people were like, Stop it now. <laughs> All right. I was like, uh, come on, y'all. Come on, come on. You know, I've been out there doing the things. We got to laugh a little bit. <laughs> I have to. I must. At this, back to the digital rally, at this, Tanya, Tanya Rogers, who was at the digital rally, excellent editor. She's also the editor, editor in uh, of Melanistic Magazine. She's she did really a good. wonderful job um, <laughs> profiling um, just her experience. Her children, her yes. point of view. Yeah, um, she hit all the points. Her point of view is a lot different from a lot of people's point of view because she I grew know, up in Trinidad, yeah. and so because she grew up in Trinidad and she's over here now, it's a different perspective. It, it was fantastic to hear that perspective and to uh, how she related it back to a lot of mothers and a lot yeah. of family members and fathers like me who are concerned about our young black children. Who are going to be tall, who are going to be in that class range, who mm -hmm. are going to be, uh, you know, in that spotlight where when the police go on the news and say we are looking for a six foot black male. Fit the description. They're going to fit the description. They have to choose whether to stay home or they're going to go outside and possibly get arrested for being the wrong person in the wrong place. I have a mom who's talking to me about her son being harassed by the school resource officers wow. now right now while we're out of school mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and knows school resource officers like knows who they are in different schools yeah. which means he's had more interaction than necessary right and is terrified to like say or do anything about it and the challenge behind that is that we do need documentation but at the same time kids are afraid of retaliation the, like the, the funny thing about it is i wish you had the name of that school i call them out right now on this podcast i don't want to without the family being like I yes call them to out. it I call, you know what I call that, out, I call out though, every, that school, particular every school that, that's on here people administrators and, and people that see this anybody who's harassing anybody who is of color at your school right now what are you going to do I'll listen let me tell you about the school there's somebody on Twitter I'll try I'll share it on the black multiverse page so mm. if you guys go by the morning on the black multiverse page you will see what school it is there's a guy on Twitter talking about racial bullying and his racialized experience at this school. And the school blocked him. Same school. That's what it is. Yeah. See? So it's time. Um, one of the things we were talking about a bit earlier was that um, 
it's the increased energy is really fantastic especially around Mm anti-blackness and around racism and especially in canada i'll be honest with you at the black lives matter rally i was like wow like i was surprised that all of these people really came out and and that's what that's where i was alluding to right is is that because at the digital rally there were 2200 and right. 50 people right and that was impressive for yeah. me like the way how jesse lipscomb he was the person who, who organized it mm-hmm. and he was talking to people he's like yeah the same eight people keep showing up and I, you know what listen i don't want the same eight people to show up all the time you know we need to really show up and show out right. and then 2250 people showed up to it because people were concerned yeah the rally that happened there's another rally i did two interviews after this I got on C- 630 Chad and people were like challenging me on 630 Chad. I said, hey, you need to go to the rally on Friday. Show your support on Friday and let's see. And I went on to Global in the morning and I said, hey, you need to go out on Friday. There is a rally going on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's at the ledge. Come on out. And when we got to the ledge, there was packed 15,000 people, over 15,000 thousand people showed up shout out to adama um i love the work that she does organizing she's a really great community support so if anybody is organizing adama has definitely saved the day many times she's come out and she has looked at what harm is going to be caused and she has focused um energy so i definitely want to give her a shout out because she's a person who doesn't get i don't think enough shine for the work that she does she is i've had a lot of conversations with adama adama is a person whose parents taught her about volunteering and Mm -hmm. the importance about volunteering in the community right and she has made it like for her volunteering is like everyday life it is what it is you you volunteer if you want change right if you want change or you want to see a difference you volunteer to put yourself into a position that you can make the difference right adama's person you'll see her at every event but you don't realize that she's the one at five artists one love adama's there sweeping up and cleaning up when everybody's gone home she's also the person there at the beginning organizing things as everybody gets there yeah she's she's amazing yeah and um i'm i'm kind of jilted a little bit because we didn't take advantage of adama at the national black coalition in canada uh right off the bat but she's she's definitely in our minds and our hearts all the time shout out sir you do a great job yeah she's really fantastic um yeah i guess i want to yeah we'll keep talking i'm uh, at some point which i should already shout out bashir who's doing he's a lawyer here in edmonton bashir muhammad who is doing a lot of the lawyery boring work of sitting in front of city council members and presenting data and presenting race based data and research based data so that he can say like hey should we be expanding a school resource officer program if we don't have data as to if it works if we don't have data as to how it works and we do have international data about how it creates this prison um this school to prison pipeline um so Mm -hmm. he's he's like 
when before we were marching and doing all these things, Bashir's there. When Emil um, was called a gang member or whatever for having a do-rag, Bashir was there. So I just really, Shout I think out. he's having a... I, a lot of people are going through pain right now who are organizers because Bashir's been sitting in front of the Edmonton Police Service being like, we need to get rid of this. We need to defund. We need to put um, we need to put social workers in there instead of police officers who are there to entrap children. And then he's seeing police kneeling and people are like, whoa, yeah, hugging the police. And he's like, no, let's see the reform change, right? Like show me the money essentially so mm. um all of you everybody who's out there karen richards definitely a big one karen and burt they do a lot too they run the ghana school every week yeah um obviously our partners robert is always out there um you can catch him at all of the meetings really greg yep. uh greg is a very much a doer he's really great at channeling resources getting yep. resources together making things being able to happen and these people are out here we are out here doing this work tirelessly and consistently so if you've maybe stumbled upon this podcast and you're like what should i do definitely like reach out to help but mm -hmm. figure out who you are where you are right mm -hmm. start start where you are with what you have and do what you can yes you have to educate yourself yes if you're white you have to start from the point that you are inherently invested in the system of white supremacy it makes things so much easier for you so you have to acknowledge that because we're literally asking you to make the world world harder for yourself like deconstruct the system because yep. when we put accountability you might get held accountable for something and and a lot of that's scary for a lot of people yeah but the, this is the work that we need to do in order to deconstruct these systems we literally have to take the bricks down one by one mm -hmm. take it down those building blocks so if you're the type of person who writes letters then you need to this is now is the time to start mm -hmm. writing letters if you don't know what to ask them to do ask them to do something right like now is the time to call your city council members now yep. is the time to go to the school and ask what the anti-racial bullying yeah. practices we've talked about racial bullying here many times i've had parents who come in to me um as clients who talk about racial bullying i have on my page posted article upon article upon article of children when i'm talking eight nine ten years old who have committed suicide mm -hmm. because they were being racially bullied at school so we know that racial bullying is a thing that we need to look at separate from bullying because we're seeing these kids die because of this effect 100 percent. so shout out to um sheral leslie also sheral is always on the streets yeah. Letting people oh, know yes, where yes, things are happening. Everything. She are she's telling you where the new black businesses are. Um, there's she's one that megaphone. just opened up, and she's definitely a, a megaphone and the yeah. amplifier yeah. in the community. So shout out to her and and all the work that she does with the Barbados Association Absolutely. and different associations. The thing about it is, if you are white and you don't know what to do, and and you are there, you have to realize first it starts at home. So look at look at what's going on around you. Right. And if you can't find a racist um, statement or, or things that are wrong, do an internal reflection and make sure it's not you.
Mm-hmm. And once you've done that, then you have to go because there's a lot of people watching this podcast that may have interracial children. There's a lot of people watching this this podcast that may not that may be in an interracial relationship. Right. And you that person there, you know, you're supporting the person who's black in your family, the the people who are considered black in your family that you've married or that you've birthed or, or that you you have children right. and you have to be, stand up with them mm-hmm. in solidarity. You have to say, OK, this is what I'm going to do. Go to those PTAs, mm-hmm. determine that, sign those petitions. There's one right now on change.org that uh, I drafted up on change.org. It says, I will be the solution. Yeah. Go to I will be the solution. Sign it. That's going to our minister of culture. And we're going to hold our minister of culture. We're going to hold her accountable. We're going to hold all these people accountable. You cannot just say, you are going to do this stuff. Yeah, you're going to do the work. And and Jason Kenny, um, shout out uh, to, to him as well. We want to see change. Yeah. We don't want to hear the talking. We don't want you to take another black person and say, this is the face behind black people. Mm-hmm. No, we want you to actually do something. Do don't don't just put a person that looks like me to stand there and talk like you. Put a person that looks like me who knows about the, the stuff and is willing to make a change for other people like me. Right. That's what we want. So. Yeah. That's. Uh, What's on your scroll? <laughs> the scroll. <laughs> 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 That got that got intense for a second. That got intense. Yeah, I think that's all we have for the scroll. (laughs) Oh my god, what's on the scroll? (laughs) You know what? For the scroll, for the scroll is everything that happened in Edmonton. Um, Calgary showed up on Monday and was like, and they looked at our rally, the digital one, and there was a lot of comments from my Calgary brethren and Calgary friends about how Edmonton doesn't know how to put on a rally. And then it was definitely a good old fashioned rally off. <laughs> and then Edmonton came out with fifty thousand uh, people and said, how many where were you at? at Calgary's though, I don't know. I think there was about a thousand. Oh really? That's it? Maybe less. Oh no. They came they came out. They Calgary's came out because- doing a lot though. Calgary Calgary's also pooling resources like mad. That's what's happening and, in, in and Calgary. At Calgary Calgary's at that point now where they're going to they're at a position where they're going to grab all the officials now they're going to get on the boards and that's where we're at as well we're going to be putting on uh we're getting at black people on all the boards whether mm-hmm. it's the the pta whether it's the school board mm-hmm. or whatever it is because what we've realized and i've had many of these discussions with neil over the week is that uh there the system itself is cracked and all aspects of the systems has flaws and are cracked. There are problems in all aspects, whether you're in the financial district or in the school board, whether you're in the health services or whether you are a laborer or in the trades, no matter where you are on the job, in the police force, wherever you are, there's cracks in the system. And here in Edmonton, especially here in Canada, we are subtle with our racism. When you are sneaking around the corner to talk, I've had two bosses um, not see me in a dark room where the lights were shut off and asking, where's the nigga at? Where, Where is he at? And um, they were white and they were talking t- amongst themselves. And when I came out, they were like, I'm like, I'm right here. Ooh, you talking about me? 
and they're like we're so sorry and it's like no no don't be sorry why are you doing it why are you why are you doing this thing right why is this part of your your vernacular why is this part of your english why is this part of you who you are yeah so um this is where we get a little bit it gets a little bit edgy and we get a little bit angry and this is why people are asking questions. When I was on 630 Chad, I did not realize that um, because I've been having such great interviews on the news and just informative. And how can how can white people, people who are not black, how can they uh, contribute? And I would say, OK, this is how you contribute. Talk to your MLA, uh, go to city council. You know, I'm telling you what to do, where to go. But I got on 630 Chad, they were doing live tweets. I wasn't told it was going to be a live tweet session. So, so people came in and they started to ask me questions that were a little bit tough to answer. I'm not going to lie. But they didn't know who they got. <laughs> and, I, and I said to them, these are tough questions, but you know what? I, I'm willing to answer them. One of the questions they asked me was, um, our, our prime minister, um, Justin Trudeau, he was caught with blackface. And um, everybody sees him as a uh, as this person. How do I, as a black person, how do I do I trust him to run our country? And I was like, listen, I I, I believe in the government. I believe that the the government can do the things that they need to do. But what I don't believe in is right now with the flaws that are in the system there's problems within the government so the government needs to have a change and an uproot and the lift mm -hmm. but we weren't talking about the government we were talking about justin trudeau and i said justin trudeau like every other person in the world is a person that needs to earn the trust of the people you need mm -hmm. to do the things to earn it don't mm -hmm. just tell me that you're doing it you got to do it so i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and watch him until he earns the trust mm -hmm. when he got caught with blackface it, caught is the key word he didn't come out and say hey everybody i did I'm running. this blackface I, thing once <laughs> i did this blackface thing i will never do it again um i was young and stupid he got caught and was like sorry guys you know i did this long time ago yeah and he mentioned that in um the uh in in the house of commons um he actually brought it up Mm. After after the interview, he did a house come. He said, "I did this blackface thing. I was young. I was stupid. I am here to represent the people, and I want all Canadians to feel safe in Canada." Yeah, and he kind of went there. Well, I'll be honest with you, because Justin Trudeau, the re the first time that I was like, okay, Justin Trudeau actually came out and specifically said, "We have to believe our black mm. Canadian citizens. Like, we have to believe." the black people who live in Canada yeah. in terms of what they are going on here. And there is a racialized difference. He came out and said that like yeah. when I first got here, I think, and, I think that was when he first got in there. And and that's, that's key. But his cabinet, while it is diverse, there are not many, if any, I don't know about this cabinet, but his definitely his first cabinet didn't have any black men for sure i don't know if there was a black woman in it um at the time he had one black person she was our minister of defense oh that's who it was okay yeah and and so and then she she moved out and somebody else somebody came else came in but at the time um you know 630 chad was was one they they asked me some questions live uh, about why would i sponsor a ra a riot 
and I was like, uh, I'm not sponsoring a riot. I'm not trying to get you to go riot. I'm trying like, to get you to go the riot. <laughs> Words mean things, people. <laughs> rally. I need you to rally. It's a peaceful protest. And we're, we're protesting the fact that there are injustices mm -hmm. right here in our city that feels like we're better than everybody else. That it doesn't happen here, but it does. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will tell you that Edmonton is a great city and is diverse. But if you went up to Mournville, they wouldn't be, which is like an hour away. St. Albert, bro. You don't have to go all the way to <laughs> Mournville. Beaumont. You know, Beaumont. They're yes, like, Beaumont. Like, I'm calling you out, Beaumont. That's weird. She did a lot of high school. So the, I did high school in Walmart. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm telling the people that's why you call My child out. did junior high school in Beaumont. Mm -hmm. Twenty years later. And tell me what has changed in Beaumont. Not a thing. Only there's more people now. Yeah. And, and Greg, even Greg said uh, in the comment section here, he's like, it's mostly white people that get all up in arms about blackface, more so than black people here in Edmonton. But I don't know about that. I, I think, don't know. I think that the, I think a lot of black people do get pretty riled up when they see it. In fact, sometimes, um, just the other day, we, uh, somebody I knew was getting upset about a black person who was doing blackface. Um, which was interesting mm -hmm. to watch. Like, they just made themselves darker, you know, doing blackface. Like, it's not necessary to do it to depict somebody or to reenact no. somebody. I think you can cosplay without changing your skin tone. I think you have to definitely be creative about I, how you do it. But it's very rare to me that your skin tone is the thing that stands out about a person. It's usually, it might be certain features they have. It might be their hair. The skin tone might be a part of it. But I pretty much, if there's like five things and you get four of them, I'm pretty sure they'll guess who yeah. you're trying to be. And, and, and cosplay is kind of hard because cosplay is cosplay i think but, unless the character is like oh i guess that's cosplay but i'm talking about cosplay unless the character <laughs> is like actually black, like you know there's some characters that are not black the race but literally jet black the color yeah well there's there's cosplay there's blue characters there's green there's orange right blue, blue, blue. but i mean if you're if you're playing yes blue orange sure even but if black, you're playing a black, person who's of black the race, of race one of the yes, human do race not change, do not change please your color. you don't need to do it that's all go ahead so that's that's sorry, where we're at sorry. <laughs> that's where we're at so uh, th th that's that was funny um and so I had to discuss that with uh, on 630 Chad with somebody. I'm like, it's a peaceful protest. You you got to go there and show your support. You got to show that you love uh, the black people that you work with, that you want them to succeed, that this is a change that in you're mindset. That you're committed to. Yeah. That you're committed to. And we know that black people get paid less than white people in a lot of jobs here in Edmonton. Yeah. I am one of the people. So yes. who who was and had to kind of fight for and it and for himself <laughs> and then get it all back paid and back. push back push back push back and got he literally back. had to be like okay listen before they changed <laughs> they were it. like yeah you don't have this this certificate I'm like actually I have two of those here's one for this and here's one for this you need to pay me and so they ended up oh we're so sorry oh, blah, blah, blah. but I was like well, how did that even happen in the first place right. it, it's the the pay scale that we have is set it's a limit like you, there's you're not supposed to get paid for this job under this amount of pay mm 
So how did I start getting paid less than anybody else that was there? It was weird. So I ended up taking care of it. It got good. They they were very apologetic about it. And my my, my foreman that was right above me actually worked very hard and tirelessly to make sure that the people above him did the job that they were supposed to do because they made the mistake. So he did a really good job. That's so the she, guy I went to high school with? Sure. Dan Milburn. Shout out to you, Dan Milburn. Shout out to Danny. But also not shout out to you for reasons we'll talk about another wow. time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Dad's not watching this. It's fine. Hey, don't we have some effects that we're supposed to use here? What do you need? I thought we had some effects. I mean, we I'm have making all effect. these effects with my mouth here. <laughs> we have all the technology. We have built the technology and yet we're not using it i don't get it but that's okay oh i just found that okay okay so <laughs> just found that okay so um other than that uh the interviews that i did i had a really good one with um uh noreen who um we met um as i was trying to get a car she sold me my first car now she's moved up and doing lots of great things on her podcast so I spoke to her and a lot of things, you know, I realized that the world just does not know. So a lot of people did not know, uh, first of all, personally about me. And that's why at the beginning of this podcast, I kind of went through a little bit of some of the stuff that we were doing. But also the world has miseducation on a lot of things that are happening in the U.S. and why they're so angry. Like they're so angry. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they're so angry is some of the things I told you, the misinformation, the miseducation, mm -hmm. the, the lack of respect when it comes down, the being pulled over for random nothing, um, for jogging and getting shot for walking and getting shot which when i was in florida it was a common thing for these things to happen so there were certain roads that i i made sure i stayed on so i-95 i stayed on that road because it's a very public yeah very lots of traffic on that road so you want to stay a place where there's a lot of people around because if you're in those back roads and you get Yo, pulled over. Th there's mad times that I've been. I was in North Carolina and I would be on the phone with people like, hey, just stay on the phone with me because I could literally, anything could happen to me in this road and yeah. nobody would know where I was. And those are, those are big, big things that happen there. And so... You know, um, there's a lot of people who died. I saw a child get run over by a car, um, and that was the first time the whole time I was there that I that I saw white people, and they they were in a car. They all were in a car. College students, mm. university students from the University of Miami, mm. and they ran over this child, and he flew up in the air and fell fell down, and they were in the car, crying like screaming, crying because they hit this child. And um, that's really wow. Sorry, you had to witness that. That was the first time. Yeah, well, not only did I witness it, I had to call the ambulance. I had to keep the child safe. I had to keep him breathing. There was a lot of things I had to do. Yeah. His shoe flew up in the air and hit my car, oh my caused me to stop, and then I had to stop direct traffic, get everybody there, um, make sure that he wasn't moving. They were going to pick wow. him up. I said, "Don't pick him up." I had to get everybody going. So, it's it's a it's a thing where you you go into this mode, but. It, 
seeing that that happened they wanted to drive off they wanted to leave their yeah. information and and go. go and i was like no 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 no, no you, you need to stay you stay here because i need you to do your 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 statement so i do have like i guess i was talking to caitlin about it earlier this week but this is definitely like i it's a this is a trigger warning i'm like stuttering through saying it because i don't want people to be like in the podcast and then like whoops so this is like definitely violence and it's definitely like domestic abuse so i have been in a domestic abuse situation where the person that i was with like locked all of the doors in the house that we were in um, my child was not there at the time and by like sheer luck like he had a weapon he had physically assaulted me and by sheer luck I had I was like locked in the bathroom essentially so I'm in the bathroom and one of my friends is at like like uh I don't know a conference and so she's like kind of trying to wrap up the conference so she can come to this house to scoop me mind you at the time i do not know how i'm gonna get out because the, the house is locked from the inside right so i'm in the bathroom i'm locked in the bathroom and my my other friend is on the phone that friend is in detroit okay so that friend in detroit is telling me that he's gonna call the police and i'm telling him i'm locked been assaulted there's a person with a weapon like all of the reasons that i needed the police I cannot call the police because right before that, there was a gentleman who was having a diabetic attack and the family called the police and the police came in and just shot him and shot, like shot everybody. There, there's been many times where the police show up and they kill the people who called for help, mm -hmm. especially in black neighborhoods, especially in Linwood Avenue in Durham, North Carolina. So I'm there in the bathroom completely terrified for my life and I cannot reach out to police. Hmm. Like I do not have that option. So I don't know how many people have died in that same situation. By the grace, I was able to like, he unlocked the front door and then forgot something in the back of the house and went to the back, back and left the front door unlocked like the split second a friend of mine that same friend at the conference was able to like pull into the driveway and mm -hmm. i was able to like get out of the house by complete like bare just a happening of things right mm -hmm. so but the reason i want to say that is because i just really want people to understand what it's like not being able to have the police at your disposal like or have a defense at your disposal like it puts you in a situation where you're so much more like you're in a position to be taken advantage of when there's not this group of people now i'm fairly like i'm fairly light-skinned i'm not an ugly person i'm a good-looking person the way i get treated is not the same way everybody gets treated so even with me and my fear i can't imagine how if it was someone with darker skin if it was even a black male, even black, darker skinned females, like just the fact that we have welfare checks and people call the police and the police come and shoot people in the house. Yeah. It just can't happen. Like this cannot be right. And we were just saying it into in the kitchen today. There's no reason. There's no justification for Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. to be an anti-police statement. Yeah. Right. Like the fact that it is, is a reason that we should 
we should consider why that's synonymous. And it's not synonymous. That, that negativity is not on the part of Black Lives Matter. I promise you. It is on the part of police. There's no reason why Blue Lives Matter should be a direct opposition to Black Lives Matter. Like, black people are not killing the po police at a rate that police are killing black people. And it's, you know, and I'm happy that you shared that story because there's probably somebody out there, especially in these COVID times. Um, oh, I can't. That, yeah, that that's are, rough. Are dealing with the same kind of domestic abuse and are afraid to call the, the police. And, uh, you know, a shout out goes to those people. Um, and there is a way out. You you just got to you you just got to be able to work your way out. Um, the ways you may not be as lucky as you were to yeah. have the door open, um, but we're here for support and for any of the people that are there. Um, there's a lot of people that we know that deal with this on a regular basis. Even the 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 um, assistant president for the National Black Coalition of Canada, she does deal with this on a, on a constant basis, mm -hmm. and it is one of those things. So we are there and and. and we are there for support for you. There's a lot of women's battered shelters and you have to consider it as an option for yourself. Um, you may love the person that you're with, but if you they're abusing you and they're hurting you and they're abusing you with words or they're abusing you with fists mm -hmm. or hands or weapons or anything like that, um, you have to consider that even though you love them, it is time for you to leave so that person can get the help that they need. But we have to also make sure that just the systemic racism that we're yes. talking about, that they're not just going to go into another situation, which is what happens. Yeah. There's a lot of women who are like, I can't deal with the shelter situation because X, Y, Z. Yeah. So it is definitely creating a position where people feel unsafe and yep. they're not, you know. But if well, you if you don't know where to find help, definitely message us and we will point you in the right direction. We'll point you in the right direction for sure. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk real quick uh, on the scroll just about the experience of going to 15,000 people at this rally and what it was like. It was. Uh, we do have it on video. We do have it on video. So but I'm then, walking behind. Yeah, me. Yeah, looking at it like through this lens, which is I, I, one time an entire. So just so you guys know, I got all busted up because I'm over there looking through my camera. Ace reporter. And tripped, Milo. totally tripped, <laughs> lynching my neck back to like save my camera from smashing on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to tell you, like when it comes to my camera, I've literally been hit by an entire football team because I was like getting the shot and they were, they just, the play was coming at me. That was in at Nassau Community College, and they completely knocked me down. And everybody was like, hey, "Rolling reporter," <laughs> <laughs> and I. So sometimes, yeah, I get into that camera tunnel vision. I can't even see. So watching Nigel walk, he's walking, and we, you know, like just kind of driving up. We did have one Uber driver that completely canceled on us. Yeah. So the second Uber driver came in a red Cadillac with rims. <laughs> It, he, he was a, he was an indigenous indigenous man. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell from back. And what, back. what ended up happening was 
we had to make some strategic decisions and some of the decisions we made when you're going to a rally that you don't know you want it to be peaceful and it is said that it's going to be peaceful but there are people that are trying to change the narrative right and that are against whatever peaceful protests you're doing right so they will do stuff like try to get the crowd to knock you out or try to get a fight going right and what ends up happening is you've got to make a quick escape sometimes so some of the decisions we made was not to drive so none of us drove there um i carried a bag with water we had masks we had bandanas on which you'll see in the picture i had a huge massive red bandana shout out to Trinidad, and um <laughs> all the all the different things that, that thanks were going. for this <laughs> so so we we um Got into the Cadillac and we went down there. Mm -hmm. um, he was so nice. He dropped us like pretty much right in Yo, front of the stage. This guy's missing the fact that my man jumped a whole curb in order to get us down the street that we needed to and drop us in front, front, front. Like, front. And we like got out in front of the ledge. He, he, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I didn't know what side you were on, but now I sure yeah. did. And he started laughing. I like gave him a very healthy tip. And he got a tip. We got there. We started to walk. And as you walk up, you can hear in the distance. Yeah. So when I watched it, that Sterling Scott. So Sterling, we have you on there. They were like, he was like, they kneeled on George Floyd's neck. And then we like Kaepernick, we kneeled and we said Black Lives Matter or something like that. But I have it on video. So look for that yeah, um, yeah. on Melanistic Magazine. It was very powerful. It was powerful. And it's, yeah. like, and it's getting like louder and louder. And then and it's, it's like little going. bit of people, little people, more, more, and more, more. Walking towards the event. Now, mind you, we're late. So the event started at 630. Wow. We're there. Different cultural. Point. We're there at seven. <laughs> Interpretations we're, of time. We're there at seven. Like I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And she's like, I'm almost ready. And <laughs> we're going, right? It's not what I sound like. <laughs> it is what I sound like. I feel Siri would answer to that voice. Go ahead. And then so we get there and there are people coming but it's not like a, a, a whole host of people but there are quite a few people mm -hmm. walking towards this voice. So it's we, like one, two, five, ten, yeah. twenty. 50 and we're getting closer and closer to the legislative grounds and at the legislative grounds there's this nice big historical building that for those of you who are not from edmonton it's it's where we have all our legislative assemblies and also the 420 rally it is also the front <laughs> steps where jason kenney our current premier yeah, stood and said there's He's, no racism. He stands there and he says he denounces racism in Edmonton. Oh, I thought he said there was none. No, no. Well, he, he I watched the interview and he said he denounces racism. Okay. In in Alberta, so when as we as we got there and we're we're getting closer and closer, it's getting louder and louder. You could just hear, you could just hear it, and from where we got out of the car to where now we are next to the ledge. I th I'm, I'm feeling like now, like I'm expecting, and this is the key, I'm expecting because of the first rally was maybe a hundred and something people, maybe, and there was 2,000 online. I'm expecting no more than the digital rally because people are afraid to come out, but I'm expecting maybe about 500 to 1,000 tops, tops. But as I get closer and I'm hearing the, the crowd, I'm like, there's, it's huge. There, there is way more than I'm thinking is there, and you just hear black 
Black Lives Matter. And it's just a sea. And it's almost echoing because as one person's saying it, they're like, Black. you just hear this small like voice, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And it's just waves. And we're coming in. And as we get to the top, there's a big, gigantic field which leads down to an atrium, which leads down to a stage. And that stage there, it's almost like Coliseum um, seating where everybody's there, but there's no seats. It's just grass, grass and trees. So you're in a park area. And when you when you look, I can't see how many people because there are so many people. This is this is like the depiction of seeing the forest from the trees. Like I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. And so it's then just a mass. So then I'm like trying to get to maybe the front of the stage and I'm like, let's go this way. And then looks like, why don't we go around to the back? And I'm like, yeah. And she's following me from behind. And I'm trying to like navigate through people sitting down on the on on the ground to people who are standing up by the trees and I'm navigating to get to the outside. And we get to uh, we get to a spot beside the stage. We're on one section of the stage. We're maybe about 30, 40 feet away. And they're like, everybody kneel. And everybody kneels on you. Just like, as everybody's like kneeling. And um, we're kneeling down, you know, in respect. And next thing you know, this, uh, and there's a picture on Melanistic of me kneeling. I'm the one in the gray, the same gray jacket and um, and a red um, bandana around, mm -hmm. around my uh, face. And I have a mask underneath that um, bandana. And... There's a person in there that won't st won't kneel. And they're like, kneel! But somebody in the crowd's like, kneel! And then another guy's like, get up on your feet! Um, no peace, no justice, no peace! And there was like confusion. And somebody on the stage was like, no! Stay kneeled! We're going to kneel in silence! If you see somebody, we see your hate. We see you there. We see." And somebody was like, like three people behind that person. And they were they say online like i'm reading his is because he took pictures of the guy and there's another uh guy so the guy who was saying that was a black guy who was he, he was just trying to take over the crowd but that's not what they were trying to do they were trying to have the people on stage on the mic controlling what's going on mm -hmm. they don't want any you know disruption mm -hmm. there but then there's when they asked people to kneel this one white gentleman did not kneel he stood and they're like, Neil! You heard somebody say, Neil. And he's like, no, 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 nope. We're not going to give him the benefit. We're not going to give him. So the, a friend of mine who's behind him, um, he's a, a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And so he was videotaping from behind. And he took a picture of the guy. Mm -hmm. And he said he was going to go to the guy and make him kneel with violence. Like he was going. Oh, wow. And he was on his way. And you could see the camera getting closer and closer. And people started to surround this guy. And then the, the crowd was like, no, we're going we're gonna to kill them with love. We're going to kill them with kindness. We're going to use love, not hate. Love, not hate. And people were like, yeah. They started chanting and screaming. And then by that time, Nilo and I got up and we went around to Backstage VIP where they asked us a numerous amount of questions. And we said, yes, all of them. <laughs> They ask us, "Are you, uh, are you speaking?" I want to. I want to. While you're telling this story, give a shout out to Malcolm um, Azania. I've never said that name before, but we know him as Minister Faust. Minister mm, Faust. So Minister Faust was up there being like, "I don't hug Nazis. I'm not going to kill them with love." 
<laughs> and he was like, who are you going to call? You city counselor. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know if you saw this portion, um, but they were like trying to get him off. He's like, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, leave him off the stage. This is important. Let him finish. And the guy was like, okay, okay, okay. Because I was like, right like right 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 there like city tv is right beside me yeah so they let him finish thankfully and yeah he was really talking about policy change he was talking about accountability and that's all very important like we can rally it's so great like pep rally awesome but the next thing mm-hmm. is is that consistent long lasting well, those of you who don't know minister faust minister faust has been in this game trying to change people's point of view trying mm-hmm. to change things in these streets mm-hmm. he um it, he has it, he's also a writer he's a writer a professor mm-hmm. he's done quite a few things um was on his black student council back when he was in university at the u of a mm-hmm. um he was also on an on a on a um black group called ebony um mm-hmm. which is edmonton black only something youth okay cool here in edmonton yeah and darren jordan was on that um so so these people when they see stuff like what the groups that we have going on it's on their backs also shout out to darren jordan if we did already but it's on your darren jordan it's on your back those people had to run so we could walk so, so we can walk run. so we could run yeah and and that's what i hopefully that, our kids will fly <laughs> right i'm i'm expecting big things so it, he came out and he we had a great time i was sitting there in vip i was in the back i was watching um because i had done the interviews and 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 boistered a lot of stuff and tried to push people to go it was amazing and to look out from where the stage was and to see 15,000 people in the trees mm-hmm. up and about just heads moving That's signs. what we do. They're like, are you my hairdresser? <laughs> in the crowd while yeah. I was taking photos. They're like, are you a global? Hey, yeah. People are like shouting out, come and give me daps. There are people all over. Some people I didn't even recognize. They had their mask on. I'm like, uh, I do not know you, sir. I had to take off my mask to, for some people because they don't recognize me with my new hair and stuff like that. Oh, so, and glasses. And glasses because yeah. I rarely wear any of this stuff. So it was great. And um, I really, 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 really enjoyed every second of the rally. And I and I employ anybody, implore anybody who is out there that went to the rally it does not stop there we do have to talk to city council we have to get on the board you have to talk to the school mm-hmm. system you have to talk to the healthcare officials the people who are running healthcare. you have to write into your mla and talk to all our people david shepherd give Listen, him a shout out if you are a business or you are part of a business mm-hmm. if if you're mcdonald's and you can hear this if you're a large company it is important that you also protect the people that work for you because we are entrusting our children to you who is using that person mm-hmm. to be the face of your business to the public. I do know a youth here in Edmonton, there was a there was a lady who said that he threatened her and started crying in the store and my man didn't get his bonus. He didn't get or his raise he was supposed to get. Yep. And the two white managers were, and this is a retail store, and um, this, the two white managers were like, they essentially said to him, oh, because they checked the cameras, and the guy, he wasn't talking to her, like, 
he was literally talking to his co-worker while he was running the stuff back like it was clear on the camera that the board didn't do anything and the two white co-workers after punishing him or um bosses or whatever were like oh yeah we know that it wasn't like this but you know we have to do this because but you actually don't like no. you literally don't have to do any of that so if you're a manager and my kid or anybody that looks like my kid works for you like it's your job to protect them against the public literally that's what it is yeah that's what it is shout out to sports check <laughs> so um also um Shots fired. <laughs> so anyways uh that's the scroll basically that's the scroll that's dynamic scroll. this week for those of of my friends who and and family who watch this this week wednesday i am having a round table yes. here it'll be recorded at the shop um we will be doing quite a few just talking about what it is to be uh just our age as fathers as black people we will have you know white people there as well um and just talking just talking about the situation of growing up in this city and there's a and the reason why we're having this conversation is i've met a ton of people who are not black that do not believe there is racism here in Alberta. It's bizarre in, to in, me. In, in, in Edmonton, well, actually, Canada. I feel like if you are not black and you do not believe that there's racism, that belief is inherently racist. Because what you are saying is that I do not believe these collective experience of this group of people. That's what you're saying. You're saying I do not trust what you are saying about mm -hmm. your own experience i do not feel that it is true so that has to inherently in and of itself why do you not trust this person about their own experience listen believe people about their experiences folks believe them there's no other reason well maybe he was just that mm -hmm. is harmful that is causing harm when someone tells you their experience and then you tell them what what it may have been or what it could have been that is harm that's causing harm so mm -hmm. just so that we're all aware there is a, a public group sometimes when i have time i'd be up and down in the comment sections kind of responding and driving people crazy i promise you guys don't know this people tag me into stuff all the time i get inboxed conversations so if you see me show up out of the blue especially on somebody's page who's hidden many of you are largely hidden on my page i'm mm -hmm. not even gonna lie because I'm trying to bring in content, not recycle the same stuff. So if you see me in there, it means one of your friends tagged me in, bruh. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, sorry, I will be out there. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Okay. <laughs> so, so that those are the things, and and um, and and last but not least, this is the last I think for the scroll for all the people who are constantly correcting black lives matter with all lives matter yeah also racist <laughs> this place here which is the black multiverse theory podcast is solely we are looking at black lives matter you are right all lives do matter like a lot of lives do matter human life matters right but at the same time you have to look at black lives for what it is we've been oppressed there's 400 years of oppression there's been slavery 
currently. Gym, yeah. Like yeah. We, Jim Crow we, we prison just, pipeline. We just finished it within the last few years. Mm-hmm. And this is around the world. There are people I just read I just read an article in France where the police detained a black prisoner and said they accidentally raped him. Mm-hmm. Multiple blanks. Let let, the, let let that simmer and then when you read the story um they, they were trying to detain him and they say the story is that his pants fell down on its own and their baton slipped into his asshole into excuse him. me into him and he was like and he's a popular student um that's there that doesn't mouth off anybody he's just there and when he asked them why they're detaining him they did not say and they called him many racial slurs and many things and they're just like writing it off like yeah, yeah. yo when Mistaken they identity. when they Sorry. rally in france bro they rally yeah fans had a nice rally too i'm not sure if it was fifteen thousand people but there was a good rally they be burning stuff down though for real yeah for they, real, be, for real. they be yeah let them um, eat cake was probably the last <laughs> they learned from that all I want to say is that Confederate flag is hate speech, and we can move on. Okay. <laughs> all right. Sign the petition, you guys. So sign the petition. Go on change.org. Sign I all the petitions. The Take time. Take, Take time. an hour. I have, a, um, I have a friend on my friends list who is Italian, I believe, and she lives in California. And she has the slogan. She says, do one thing a day. And I have watched this lady every day be like, donate it to the NAACP today. Donate it to this. Did this. Sent this. Wrote a letter about this. Like, mm-hmm. literally, her point of resistance is that I believe it's in her schedule that every single day she does something. Yeah. And I think that's where we all have to start. Um, we have to start by doing one thing a day, too, I believe. One thing a day. 100%. I think it's a good place to start. And a good place to stop. We can go to the, the screen. screen. <laughs> okay. okay. L- more lighthearted talk. Um, I've been watching Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Why? Because. Did you continue watching it? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> the new episode has come up. Um, so I was like, yeah, I might as well just watch this one. <laughs> Snowpiercer is like, it's so bad, it's good. It, it, it's, it's like that. It's deep. It's it's a deep. Um, and we talked about it a little bit last week, and I had a problem with it. Um, when I finally watched it, I was like, ooh, Snowpiercer, and then there was like two episodes. I'm like, oh no, I gotta wait weekly for this thing to come out. <laughs> this is like the nineties. This is two thousand and one. I was like, oh. So yes, um, so I'm watching. <laughs> I prefer thirteen hour movies. <laughs> 13 hours cinematic experiences. 13 hours of binge watching. In a row. So um, Snowpiercer, it's basically a train was formed that will go around the world by a rich man. The world is frozen over. And the world is frozen over and it's frozen over because um, they, because of us. Global warming. And global warming. We decide to send these rockets into the atmosphere to. Cool it all down. Cool it down a bit. 
and we messed up and it froze over the earth so, a lot of it so now the earth is at minus 117 degrees celsius <gasps> all right and there's all this times. train made it, out of i don't know what metal well, i don't know that doesn't freeze <laughs> over it's the weirdest thing okay okay so it's the future has a thousand and one cars on it and each section, the front of the from the front going down is a tiered class, and it goes down. And when you reach the tail, there's a bunch of group of people called the tailies, and those people, um, they just jumped on the train. They, you know, when the train was leaving and the world was frozen, fro freezing over, they forced their way onto the train and they got onto the train. So that section gets they get fed because they need to get fed, but they get fed like gelatinous material and that's it the people in the front of the car there's you know cows and all sorts of strawberries stuff. Mm -hmm. I saw that. and they grow them so They're like fresh and stuff so what they've done now the the main character of this is a detective he's a black guy and he they call him up because there's been a murder in the one of the front cars so they bring him from the tail because he's the only detective he's been on the train for five years and he's now going up there to bring him up there and they're promising him that if he stays there and solves this murder that he can stay up in the front with his people is that girl who's his his wife his ex-wife who uh is so resentful of him yeah she's resentful but you find out that he they get back together kind of because the, there's still love there and mm. there's a lot of hurt feelings but there's stuff going on and there's a woman in, in the tale that he's like liking but she's still his wife in the front wherever she is in the front now she's moved on to two other people the wife in to the three front? to three other people so she's she's now in an open relationship in the front with three other people. What? And and one of those people died. And that's the murder he's investigating. Is the wife. This is, is very <laughs> much. Okay. So then they do this takeover. And this is what I did. Show, you didn't see. Is they try to take over the front of the ship. And they fail. And because they go to take over the front of the ship. Somebody has to pay. So they choose the six year old. So there was a six year old girl who. Who used one of the hands that got chopped off a hand got chopped off and the six-year-old went past the battle and put the hand to open the door to the next car and so they took the six-year-old and they said okay we're gonna take your arm roll up your sleeve we're gonna take your arm and her mom's like no 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 not her not her not her, her. blame me because i allowed her to be part of the revolution and the six-year-old cried and they what they did was they opened up a hole and stuck the mom's hand out of the car in the minus 17 oh, and, and it just froze and off. it froze all the way there and then they pulled it out and they smashed it with a hammer Ew. yeah Ew, yucky 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 so th that is the that is snowpiercer so i watched snowpiercer that is great um as far as i don't know how great it is to be honest it, the two episodes, great is an interesting word <laughs> a very interesting word yeah i i i say great because I'm anxious to see it get better. And I think it will. But at this point, I'm like still in the in the back. Um, so that's that. Okay. Um, what I else? have been watching. I just started Blood and Water. Blood and Water. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I have a little book called Harriet's Humongous Hair. Harriet mm -hmm. is distributed 
um, in addition to aphrodisiac, um, by Asili Kids. Mm-hmm. Asili Kids is a Kenyan Canadian uh, publishing company, and um, one of the people in that publishing company actually is the number two for Netflix. Well, number one for Netflix, Africa. Mm-hmm. specifically i think we've spoken about her before dorothy so dorothy is kind of like leading up these new shows that are coming in mm-hmm. dorothy's like number two is like head of production mm-hmm. so one of the first shows that they brought in was queen sonos which i have yet to watch so if you have watched it let us know how it is i'm definitely going to check that one out and the one that just came out is called blood and water and the little girl in blood and water looks just like nigel's um girls for some reason specifically diana like a grown-up version of her Mm, um now i gotta watch it yeah and so it it was i'll be honest with you second episode kind of fascinating watching a storyline that's not euro-centered i guess or american-centered so what happens is that this girl's family had um two girls Mm -hmm. and one of the girls went missing when she was a baby and then we're finding out in the second episode that it's possible that the father sold the little girl into human slavery i guess like sold it to this sold this girl to the family and the main character thinks that she knows who the girl is now so, so this is uh, this is only episode two. So I'm not giving away anything. Like it's uh, unlike Snowpiercer, there's more than two episodes. He's just reached episode two. Yes, this is all up. Yeah, you you <laughs> could you could binge watch this. You watch. can binge watch. You yes. can binge watch. But Snowpiercer, I think there's three episodes now because of that last one. You have to wait a whole week. We'll be hearing about Snowpiercer <laughs> every week for the next ten weeks. Is what that just trying to tell us. It's basically yeah. I hope there's only seven episodes or something I'm what i'm kidding. what what i'm really i really get excited when i see new fresh black actors um um both male and female that are on, on he's been screen. working his way up actually this guy yeah he's done some things if i show you him the i'm trying to think Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer. Yeah. i'm trying to think of what else we've seen him in, but i'm sure you've seen him in something but i'm talking about in particular the 100 the 100 is has gone through many many seasons this is supposed to be one of their final seasons here and um, if not the final one and they've introduced this black character and he's actually pretty good so far so we're, we're now i have to get on the 100 from time oh, yeah, so i told you about that show years people, ago there's some people out there um she one of them who's head head of one crew she's um the She's like the general in one crew. She's so bad from beginning to end. She's it. she's bad right now. She's just like, yeah. She's like, listen, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm going to kill you myself. And just walks off. Like, she's like so matter of fact. She's just like, Whoa. I'm just going to kill you. And that's it. And when she says it, she means it. That's one crew. It's bad. So, and then her daughter's like, always... Your daughter, I'm like, why do you do the things you do? Why don't you the ever listen girl? to your mom? <laughs> no, she's not little. She's like maybe 21 on the show. That lady who I'm talking about, she's probably about maybe 40 something. Oh, okay. 
And, but she's just like matter of fact. I thought there was only kids. Anyway, I have to watch it. You thought there was only kids? On the ground, yeah. No, 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 no. That was only the first season. No, 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 no. No, the kids were sent to the ground. Oh, there was already people, people on the, on the ground. ground already. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And now those people are gone from the ground because the earth is scorched. But you have to watch it. You have to watch I'm it. I'm going to watch it. So it's pretty good. It's, it's gone into like time warps and black holes, and there's different things that have happened so far that we've we've figured out. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty. It's a pretty good, cool show. Okay. What are you listening to? What's in your ears? You know what? I started. Li- um, I turned on to. Um, after talking to LaShawn uh, from our band and stuff like that and a couple other people, I'm realizing that, you know, I really like, you know, Afrobeat. Mm. You know? So I- I'm starting to get into that and starting to hear the, 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 the beat and the similarities between it and reggae. And mm. soca. And soca. So I'm listening to it and I'm like, it's, it's, it's so easy as a if you're a DJ to intertwine certain beats together and move into from one song to the next and mm-hmm. keep it going. Mm-hmm. It's such a great um, genre of music. So yeah, I'm into that. Hmm? Yeah, I do like Afrobeat. Yeah, so Burna Boy. I'm listening to a little bit of that. And I just put on Spotify and I just put Afrobeat. And came up with a playlist called Afrobeat 2020. So anybody want to So you're up on it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So like I, you go on and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. So it's good. Um, also listening to on the gospel front, um, because uh, of my recent interaction with Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond, I've been listening to Fred Hammond quite a bit and just delving into some of his newer music and stuff like that. So that's pretty good. How about yourself? Um, I've been actually just listening to whatever Spotify says I should hear. And it's interesting to hear what Spotify thinks I like. (laughs) It's been heavy Drake. And I realized that I don't like Drake as a person. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been happening. It's a true story. I do not like him as a person. And, um... So far, it's pretty good, but yep. Um, Spotify definitely puts some hard, hard hip hop in there. Mm. Even a little bit of '90s horrorcore, like stuff that I'm like, yeah, guy, like, okay, cool. This is it's definitely not my genre, and it's definitely not mainstream, but that's cool. Mm. Afro soca, yep. Let's see if Annie so. So yeah, so Afro soca, um. And that's it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a word today? Because I do. Do you have one? Hit it. You're like, Phew. hit it. Uh, I think that I we said this earlier today, but um, certainly if we're wanting to affect change, start where you are with what you have. Mm-hmm. Use what you have and do what you can. So think about who you are and what relationships you have in your life and how you can affect affect. Um, those relationships in a way that reflects anti-racism so some of that might mean not tolerating jokes at work not like literally not laughing at it is like is resisting right and taking the sales it's really uncomfortable to address 
anti-racism and to address Mm anti-blackness including addressing it in yourself and it might be really uncomfortable to hear that you yourself may have used anti-blackness as a person of color in order to skirt your own persecution or you may have used anti-blackness as a white person to fit in or you may have used it to in order to like make things a little bit easier for yourself in some way Mm -hmm. these are like really normal things that happen all the time that's why oftentimes when we make um statements about anti-racism it comes off as being anti-institutional right Mm -hmm. so with that i just want to say that it's important to be uncomfortable it's important that instead of trying to justify your unracism, that you're actually trying to ser- seek out the racism that already exists in you and weed it out. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to like pat yourself on the back and, and just, you know, quote unquote, be a good person, it's not about your attention. It's not about if you're a good person or not. It's really about the society that we live in and and white supremacy is really an underlying theme that we experience in all areas of our lives, but especially education. So I just want to say, number one, like challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to be uncomfortable and sit with that discomfort. Number two, consider who you are in your life and the people around you. Mm -hmm. Number three, there has to be a push for race-based data collection. So we have to know when police are stopping people, how many of those people are black. We have to know what that is so that we can address those things. Number four, we need to push for policy change. And policy change without race-based data collection means that we need to use international data. The great thing about international data is, is we can see how far the situation has progressed from where we are now. So when we're looking at school resource officers, Mm -hmm. while we haven't been gathering data ourselves, we can see in international data what years, five years, and 10 years of school resource officers does to sort of the thread. Mm -hmm. And the last thing we need to push for, which is the most challenging thing of all, is accountability and what an accountability structure looks like. And I have to tell you, it can't be easy. It can't be like, oh, just report the comment and ignore it because it's not a real threat or whatever it is that people want to say. The thing about being white is that we generally have this implied virtue behind whiteness. And this implied virtue means that we generally give white folks the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt, which is something that a lot of black people do not get. So in terms of being anti-racism, the benefit of the doubt has to immediately be removed. And we have to believe the marginalized people who are talking about their experiences and hold the people accountable. Truth. That's what I have to say. That's it. Thank you guys for joining us as always. It was definitely probably the heaviest of our episodes, but also very, very important. I think for me personally, it's been a challenge because there's been a lot that I've wanted to say that I haven't really known how to be able to do that. Um, And this was a good opportunity. This is very cathartic for me, this episode. So I hope you learned a lot. I hope you take away stuff and you're here to like, BS with us next week. 100%. Thank you. Thanks a lot, everybody. And we'll see you next week. On the Black Multiverse Multiverse Theory Theory Podcast. Podcast. Good night. Good night.